Welcome to the Dwellings Podcast. We're glad you tuned in. Enjoy this message by Pastor Gunnar. Prayer rooms. They're kicking off again. And uh, we're going to be kicking out that schedule to you on social media and all that. We'll have it right now. But I know when where I'm going to be. I'm going to be right here on Thursdays at 10 to 12 with Lauren. Most of the time, sometimes. I'm going to be here. Okay. Uh, I love prayer rooms. Man, And until you sit in the presence of God for two hours every week for a whole semester of prayer rooms, it's like, do I know Jesus? Like, you know. It's so beautiful, and it's been such a, I don't know the word for it. It's just been so valuable to my life personally. And this past year, I've told this to several people. Um, I've not been, not been quiet about some of the struggles that we've had, I've had personally in our family and everything. I can tell you, if it wasn't for prayer room, I don't know what I'd be. I don't know where I'd be or what I'd be, okay? I need Jesus. And there's nothing like just being with him. And that's what these prayer rooms are all about. So excited to kick those off. Hey, if you've got a student this grade six through 12, um, we have youth Sundays. And so after church on the first and third Sundays of the month, we do lunch and we have a talk and time together in, uh, in the, with the teenagers. And then that means you parents, you could go to lunch and you come back and pick them up but that kicks off the third Sunday this, this month, okay? So we're gonna give you the, the first Sunday off, but that starts on the 21st, which just so happens to be our sixth birthday as the church, the dwelling church. So six years of God's faithfulness, we're gonna celebrate that a little bit. And, uh, and man, can't wait for the next six years. Who knows what God's gonna do? All right, so I got a little bit of announcements and stuff to share this morning. I want to ask Ashley to come on up. Ashley Prather, if you know her, you love her. And um, Ashley is bringing little Elliot with her this morning. But uh, Ashley uh, and her husband, Alex, and their two precious babies uh, have been, man, the word staple just doesn't sound like a good enough word, but they've been with us since the very And we really felt like the Lord was just taking everybody home. You know, obviously he was, but, um, but we were like, no, this is how it's supposed to be. We're supposed to do communities like this. And so during our community semesters, there are uh, homes all over the city uh, in different, different towns around here where you guys live. Uh, we're pretty scattered, but there's a home somewhere or a coffee shop somewhere where there's some people gathered together every week prayer, worship, fellowship over a meal and do communion together. 
and it's beautiful. It's like, this is a warehouse. We call this the warehouse. If you call it the church, I'll say it's the warehouse. You're the church, right? But we're a, we're a, we're a church of house churches that meet in a warehouse on Sunday. I think that's how our mindset needs to be. Um, and Ashley pretty much single-handedly built <laughs> what we know as communities today. She has pastored these communities and these community leaders just about as good as anybody. I've ever seen anybody pastor. Uh, if you know Ashley and if you spend any time with her, you know that she is a well of wisdom. And, um, and I'm just so thankful for what you've built. If you've been blessed by our dwelling communities, you have God to thank, yes. But God uses vessels. He uses people. And Ashley's a huge, huge part of what God's done here at the dwelling. And, um, and so with all that said, we, we've been talking for the last several months about like, what does the future look like and all that? And Ashley says, I think the time has come for me to step down from that to do what the Lord has called me to do and focus more on family and some other things that the Lord has for her. And so they're not going anywhere, but Ashley is, is kind of stepping off of that role of communities director and leading and pastoring those leaders. And so, yeah, she won't say, I'm gonna make her say something. <laughs> I mean, it's not about me. So I don't wanna, you know, there's so much I could say about what the Lord's doing in me and how I feel seasons shifting for our family. But um, really, I, I mean, it's been an honor to serve Jesus and to serve our church family in this way. It's really, I mean, communities are at the heart of just what we're going after and how we want to see the Lord's heart expressed to his people. And I think we've learned a lot about communal grief and communal joy and what that looks like. Obviously, there's still so much to learn, but um, yeah, I just, um, it's really a decision of just trying to obey the Lord and, um, and just follow what he's asking me to do, which is what, even in the role, that's what the goal was, was just to seek his heart and to listen to his voice. And so this is where I'm at. But yeah, I love the ministry. Um, and I know that this transition, his hand is in it and on it. And that makes me really excited for what's to come. Because I know that he's got, you know, deeper, greater things ahead for me in the transition and for the ministry. So, yeah. All right. So stay up here just a minute. Uh, it's, it's pretty neat how the Lord works. As we were having this conversation, I feel like the Lord spoke to both of us about who, who should take that role to lead communities at the dwelling. And all of, our, all of our dwelling community leaders have done a fantastic job of leading the people and, and creating a space, many of them opening their homes for weeks on, on, weeks on end for people to come in, and that's, that is a weighty thing, especially when you're caring for uh, people spiritually and all that. And, um, and so, so appreciative of all of our, all our leaders. There was a couple that has led our downtown community uh, for a good while now, and just has led with excellence and led with such a pastoral heart, and really just, there's been growth there, there's been so much fruit. And I would say, I called Ashley a well of wisdom. I would say the same thing about Christian Jay and Addison. 
Come on up. Uh, Christian's, Christian is uh, officially stepping into that role this semester. And um, to be our community's uh, director. And he's just going to be pastoring our leaders just like uh, Ashley has had done so well. And so what we want to do this morning, we want to, anytime there's a transition like this, uh, and not that anybody's leaving, but even when people step off, y'all seen us do this so many times where people say, hey, we're getting restate when the military and we're getting, you know, sent somewhere else or whatever. We love to honor people for what they've put in and all that. But we also want to celebrate them and celebrate what God's done, but also celebrate the, what's coming. So that's what this is this morning. I want us to pray over these guys and I uh, wanted to just honor Ashley for just the faithfulness and all the behind-the-scenes stuff that nobody sees and how you've just led so well. And we're so thankful for you. And we're so excited about what God's going to do with you leading this thing, building, building on what Ashley has, has built. And there's nobody better to, to do this. And the Lord thinks so too, or he wouldn't have kind of led us that way. So... Let's pray for these guys. If you want to stretch your hand, however you want to do that, well, let's, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for these. We thank you for our communities. We thank you, Lord, for just how you've been so faithful, how you've shown yourself through the body of Christ, how you've loved us through your people. Lord, we thank you for Ashley. We thank you for Alex. We pray you'd bless them. With Aiden and Ali, we pray you're just the hand of the Lord on their lives in a great, even a greater measure experientially, Lord, that they've experienced. Lord, we just thank you for what you've done through them, what you're going to continue to do through them. We thank you, Lord, for clarity in upcoming assignments, and we thank you for grace for what's coming. Lord, we just thank you for um, Christians, yes, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you, you've given him everything he needs to fulfill the task that you call him to. And so we just bless him right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, thank you, thank you for the gift of community. And I pray that everybody in this room and watching online, listening to the podcast, will, 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 will take advantage of the gift of community that you've given your church, Lord. So I pray that we just, um, if we thought communities were awesome before, Lord, will you just blow our minds this coming semester, this year of 2024? Lord, would you just send revival? And Lord, let us catch it in the homes. It starts at home anyway. Lord, these, these meetings that we have on Sundays in this room are so precious and they're so wonderful and we love this. But we know that real life happens in the home and it happens with family. And so, Lord, we just pray your continued just hand of favor and blessing on the homes in this place, the ones who will lead, the ones who have led our communities. And Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Can we give it up for Ashley? And can we thank Christian? Give it up. Yeah. Come on. Deserving. Deserving. We love you. All right. Ooh. Ready or not? Who played uh, who played hide and seek growing up? Five, four, three, two, one. Ready or not? Here I 
Here I come. That's what 2024 is saying to you right now. I don't know if you were ready for me, but I'm here and I'm going to be coming all year long. And uh, that's what this series is about that we're kicking off today. Ready or not. We used to play a game in youth and it was kind of like a, a, a reverse hide and seek. It's just so smart as a youth pastor. I did this. We used to turn off all the lights. Teenagers. Lock them in the church all night long. Have a lock-in. Who remembers lock-ins? Where are my churchy people at? Uh, and then we'd, we'd say, okay, one person's it. You go hide. Now, when you find them, hide with them. In a dark closet, alone. It's like, what were we what are we doing? <laughs> Ready or not? Okay. 2024. Will it be a great year? Yes. Will it be a bad year? No. You know what I think? I think it's going to be a year. Yeah. And what we do with it is what matters. You know, that, that's what makes it good or bad. 2024 is going to have its joys. It's going to have its sorrows. There's going to be difficulty. There's going to be challenge. There's going to be blessing. And uh, we just need to get ready for it all. We need to be prepared for it all. And that's what this series is about. If you walk with God, there are a few things that you can just count on. Number one is change. I mean, we've just seen that this morning. We've celebrated that this morning. Change ought to be celebrated if it's what the Lord's doing, because he's, he's a God of, uh, he doesn't change, but he changes the way he does things sometimes. And so if you walk with Jesus, you can count on things to change. If you walk with Jesus, you can count on growth. And so the goal is to grow in our walk with the Lord, right? Well, it doesn't happen by accident. We've got to be intentional about growth. And, uh, and then we're going to talk about on the third week of January, uh, walking with Jesus comes with challenge. It, we are challenged in our faith, but we also run into challenges in our faith. And so how do we prepare for those? So that when we do come to those challenges, it doesn't shipwreck us, doesn't sideline us. And then the final week of January, this is the plan, by the way. We're following the Holy Spirit here, but we have a plan, okay? It's blessing, if you walk with Jesus, you ought to expect blessing. He, he loves to bless his people. And so how many know we can mistreat blessing? We can mishandle blessing. And so we need to get ready for blessing too. And so it's a, it's a year of preparation. It's a month of preparation. So today we're going to kick off with change. Get ready for change. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready. You know the preacher got to do that. You know, I just got to do Turn to your neighbor. Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. This is the New International Version. It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. This prophecy through this man named Isaiah it's the Lord speaking through him. 
That's what prophecy is. It's not our own ideas and all that. It's, it's what the Lord is saying. Isaiah was the mouthpiece to his nation, the nation of Israel, for a specific moment in time, a specific moment in world history as it related to the people of God. All right? So this prophecy, I know a lot of times we, we want to just open the Bible and put our finger on it. I named that and I claimed that for myself. You know, not every promise in the Bible is for everybody. There, we got to look at the context of it. But how many know that I can find application in every single sentence in the Bible? And so that's what we're leaning into this morning. In Malachi 3.6, he says, I am the Lord. I made reference to it a while ago. I'm the Lord. I do not change. Now, his nature and his character doesn't, doesn't change. Who he is doesn't change. But the way he moves does change. We have an old covenant and we have a new covenant that we're living in. We, we uh, you know, I don't know of another story in the Bible where he spoke through a burning bush to somebody, but he did to Moses. If he's done that to you, I want to hear that story. Just tell me when this is over. He doesn't change, but change is inevitable with him. As a matter of fact, Malachi, when he says, I don't change, that means that the Isaiah passage where he says, I'm doing a new thing. How many know that probably means he's going to do some new things because that's kind of who he is. He's, uh, as some has called, have called him Jehovah sneaky. Like if you think you've got God figured out, think again, like he's going to blow your mind. He's going to, he's going to do the, the deal that you're not expecting. Okay. So how do we prepare for change walking with Jesus this year? This is a short message, and you know not to believe that. Number one, I'm going to try. Number one, how do you prepare? Search your soul. You search your soul. Invite the Holy Spirit to come in and search your heart. Apostle Paul said, examine yourselves. I think that there's a, there's a habit of introspection where we're just picking apart everything that's going on in here and in here. I don't think that's healthy. But I don't think it's healthy to ignore all that either. And so there's a, there's a middle ground road if we walk with the Lord. We ought to lay our hearts open bare with him every once in a while and say, Lord, what are these thoughts I'm having? What are these emotions I'm having? I want you to navigate this stuff with me. Yeah. I, 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 when's the last time you asked the Lord a question and expected an answer? Serious question. Do you ask him questions and expect him to speak? Maybe some questions that we need to ask this January before we really get into this year is, Ask ourselves, am I willing to change? I'll tell you this, the older I get, the harder that is. I, I, when I was in my 20s, man, I was up for anything. And I used to think, I used to look at older people and be like, why are they so stuck in their ways? And you know what? I'm getting stuck in my ways. And I just, you know, I got like the, I got it lined up like I like it and don't disturb me. You know, like I'm, I'm feeling that at this point in my life. And I'm like, what is this? 
Adventure. Where's that, you know? And so that's a challenge for me. It has never been a challenge, but now I'm like, okay, I need some, I need some shaking up. I need the Lord to shake me a little bit. I need him to surprise me. I, I, need, I need him to, to, to make me uncomfortable sometimes, to move me onto where he's going. Because if we're not careful, we can get so comfortable with the way things are that the Lord keeps moving and we think we're with him, but we're really not. Because he's changing the way he's doing things and we haven't changed anything. And we said, well, this is what God did, so I'm just going to keep doing what was working so far. And then he's changing. He's doing things he's never done before. I don't want to miss out on what God's doing now because I'm so stuck on what he did then, okay? And so maybe a question that we ask inside our own hearts is, am I noticing, do I know where he's going in my, in my own personal life, in my family? Do I... Do I sense the direction? This is a personal question. Like for me, it's like as someone the Lord's called to lead this church, it's like, do I sense where you're going, Lord, with us? Because that matters. We can get comfortable doing things the way we've always done it and think, oh, well, yes, he's blessing. He's doing this. But if he begins to change things and we resist, we're, we're missing his best. You realize that? Whether, whether that's church or whether that's our family or job situation or whatever it is. I want his best. Who wants his best? You know, he wants you to have his best. He does. He's a good father. So maybe a question to ask with the Holy Spirit is, am I scared of change? Because I need, that's that heart preparation. If things are going to change this year, they're going to be changes and I'm preparing for that. I need to ask myself, am I scared of it? And then even a deeper question is, Holy Spirit, why am I so scared of change? Part of it's human nature, right? We get comfortable, yeah, especially with age and, you know, life wears you out sometimes. And you're just like, okay, I just want to, you know. Why am I so scared of change? Maybe it's something that happened in the past. Maybe it's some disappointment. And that simple question of why am I scared of change could actually be an invitation from the Lord to walk you through some past hurt that he wants to heal in your heart. To walk you past some disappointment and into fuller expression of faith that he has for you. So the question is, how's your heart? How's your heart? Somebody texted me, I think it was last night, and asked me if happiness was currency, would you be poor? Would you be middle class? Or would you be wealthy? And I haven't been asked that. You know, we say, how you doing? But man, that's specific. You can't just say, I'm doing good when you're not, you know. If, current, if, if happiness was a currency, how you doing? And I, I'm thankful for that because I had to, oh, hmm. Right now, 
if I'm honest, you know, or where I was last week was kind of rough, you know, like it makes you, it makes you look inside and say, how, how am I doing? Yeah. It's okay to ask yourself that. It's okay to ask the people you love that. And I'm thankful that Rob sent me that text. He's intentional like that. Maybe ask somebody that this week. Hey, send them a text. Sit down for coffee. Sit down with your wife, your husband. Hey, how's your heart? How's your heart? And then let them talk. Don't interrupt. And then when they get done, say, ask me. <laughs> so how do you prepare for change? Number one, search your soul. Number two, focus forward. To prepare for change, we have to intentionally take our minds and our hearts and our emotions and all that stuff off of what has happened and onto what's coming, right? Listen to this. We can learn from the past. We can honor the past, but we cannot idolize the past. We can learn from the past. We can honor the past but we cannot idolize it. Now, when I say idolize it, I mean that in the both positive and negative sense. Like I can look at the past and I can learn from the good things that have happened. I can honor the good things that have happened and I can actually idolize it. And I can make that thing more important than what's right in front of me, right? But also on the negative end of things, I can look at the past and I can learn from it. And I can actually dwell on things that have happened that were negative that caused me to affect how I'm seeing forward. Like, and if we're not, if we don't deal with some things in our past, deal with some things that happened in 2023 and just get honest about it. That's why we did the deserts and valleys series was just get it all out there and just, just walk through a process of healing with the Lord so that it doesn't become the lens through which we see our future. The Lord doesn't want you seeing the future through a lens of what's happened to you in the past or what you've done in the past. He says, I'm doing a new thing. Let's clean this up. Yes, if you've made mistakes, if you've, if you've done things that you, you've not repented of, repent. Make your, clean up the relationships and let's move on. Let's don't stay stuck in the past, whether we're making much of it or whether we're just dwelling on things that are already past. So the question we should always be asking is, what's next, Lord? What's next? Me personally, there's another thing I'm learning about myself. As much as I love comfort, if I'm not asking what next, I'm depressed. I'm already depressed. I'm telling you, like, I'm, I, if I can't see where I'm going, and I, I can't see how to get there. I'm dying inside. Because the Lord's just got, this is us. This is human beings. Like, yes, some of us like pioneer and some of us settle and build and all that. But there's something in every one of us that ought to be asking, what's next? And the next might be just keep on trucking in what he's called you to now. But you need to be asking, what's next? Because he could be changing. He could be changing it. So here's a good question to ask yourself this morning with the Lord. What are you holding on to in your past 
that you need to let go of so that you can move forward with God. Could be something good. Could be a blessing that has become a chain. I was talking to somebody this week. They said, I'm studying Exodus, and man, it's rich. And they were talking about how the children of Israel who had been in bondage in Egypt, they'd grown comfortable and they had become slaves to the Pharaoh. And I told this person, I said, did you realize that when Joseph was alive, like fast forward 400 years from the Exodus, I mean, no, rewind, 400 years before the Exodus, they said these words, Pharaoh, you've been so good to us. We will be your slaves. They spoke their own future. And for 400 years, and then, then a, a, the good Pharaoh died and a bad one came into place and actually made them slaves. And for 400 years, they stayed there. And what I'm saying, when I, what, I'm, what I mean by this is sometimes the blessing can become our bondage. Sometimes the things that we were thanking God for 10 years ago are the things we need to be moving on from to see what's next. I love when some of you get quiet. Somebody, somebody said, preacher, don't get worried when people get quiet because they're thinking. I think some of y'all are thinking this morning. The Lord's putting his finger on some things and you're like, hmm. Feel like this is for me this morning. Let him talk to you. Number three, expand your horizons. Change is an invitation to trust and to therefore know Jesus like never before. How do we prepare for change? How do we expand our horizons? There was a time in my life where I was pretty stuck in what I thought I knew. I'd been to Bible college and I had been in ministry for a little while and I knew the answers. I knew the boxes to check and all that. And then I made some new friends that didn't believe the same things neatly packaged like I did in my theology and all that. And you know what they did for me? They broke that box that I had around God for me. And that would have never happened if I had surrounded myself with people who looked like me, talked like me, believed like me. Listen, we got to use discernment, but I think we insulate ourselves sometimes. Make some friends who don't believe the same things you believe. Somebody came in today I said, where do, you, where do you guys attend church? They're visiting. We're Lutheran. I'm like, yes, Jesus. Like, I love it. Like, let, let's be the body of Christ. And not this little camp over here and this little camp over here. We can learn from each other. God is wisdom. God created everything and everyone. Yeah. Am, I, am I correct? Yeah. Therefore, I can find wisdom in everything and in everyone. Yeah. Now, 
some things that people say, worldly wisdom and all that, we can kind of throw in the trash. But don't miss the gold that God might be using someone that you don't agree with or has the same political affiliation you do. Don't lose the gold in what they bring because of a preconceived notion. I'm just, I'm just going to leave that with you, okay? <clears throat> Expand your horizons. Make new friends. Read new books. Somebody brought me a stack of books up here this morning. They're fiction. I hate fiction. It's not real. <laughs> but I need to read more fiction. And I'm going to read more fiction this year. Why? Because I'm expanding my horizons. I want to be a better storyteller. So you won't go to sleep on me. I can't do that reading nonfiction all the time. Let me read some stories, you know? So expand your horizons. Make new friends. Read new books. Take new risks with God. When's the last time you were scared to death? <laughs> because you were doing what you thought God had called you to do. If you're doing what God's called you to do, you will get scared. Craig Rochelle said, if you have only one or two options, you haven't thought about it enough. It, I would say you haven't brought more people in on it either because Christy knows stuff I don't know. And if I bring this, this issue to Christy, she might have a solution. Take risks. Branch out. Don't think your life is limited to just two options. The Lord's big enough. He can handle 50 options and lead you in it. And if you choose option 49 instead of 47, he work it out. Let's do our best to listen to his voice, to listen to wise counsel, but not get hung up on, oh no, what if I make the wrong choice? <sighs> Just have some confidence in the Lord and, his, and trust him to lead you and correct you and to guide you. A, a, a good prayer to pray would be, Lord, I trust you to correct me if I get off the road. Let's stay sensitive. He's not out to be like, uh-huh, you messed up. No, he's, he's a father. I've said this like five times today. He's a good father. He's a good father. So, I'm just, I'm flowing, okay? I'm just, if I'm, if I'm not taking some risks with the Lord, I'm doing what I'm comfortable with, right? Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm doing what works. Yeah. The term for that is pragmatism, pragmatic. I'm a pragmatist if my life is based on what just, what works. So like in your job, there are systems that have been created because they work. And if you'll just do those systems, you'll get these outcomes, right? It's pragmatic. It works. Let's do it. It works. The life of faith, as valuable as pragmatism is and living from principle, like the, the, the Bible's full of laws. Like if you do this, then this will, if you sow this, this is what you'll reap, Right? That's a principle, and it's across the board. But we're not just people of principle. We're people of presence. 
We're people who, yes, we put in and we get out what we put in, but we're also leaning on the Lord in his, in a relationship with him to see what's next. Am I making, am I being clear? I'm not sure that I am, but I'm I'm trying to just go with what I'm, what I'm thinking here. Don't let pragmatism replace obedience. That's my point. I'm thinking about what does the Lord have for this church this year? What are, what are we doing? Where's he, head, where's he leading us? What is what's going on, you know? And we, we've got two options. We can just do what we've been doing and do what works. Or we can hear his voice and obey. And that might be the same thing. Or it might be different. What are you doing right now that's really working for you? But if the Lord said, hey, Dawson, let's adjust right here. Would you be willing to? If the Lord said, all right, I know this is going smooth for you right now, but I'm actually changing where I want you to work. I'm not encouraging anybody to be stupid. (laughs) Well, the Lord told me, no, he didn't. Get some wisdom, get some counsel. What I am saying, though, is just because it's working doesn't mean that it's his will at this moment. We're not just people of principle. We're people of presence. And I don't want to do what's working if it's not where he's working. Okay. All right. So the question to ask is, where is God expanding your small thinking into large ter- larger territory? If you haven't been stretched in your thinking in a while, expand your horizons. All right, last point. Somebody said, thank the Lord. Number four. Dare to dream again. How do you prepare for change? I think sometimes we have such a problem with change because our dreamer broke somewhere along the line, it got hurt. I feel the Lord on this. Your dreams were big. And then pain hits you. And you said, well, maybe now's not the time. And it might not have been for that dream to be pursued. But I'm I'm telling you something about pain and disappointment will derail the dreams that God puts on your heart like nothing else. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, but I'm telling you something. You get hurt bad enough, you won't want to. Because it seems a little too scary to put yourself out there again. I was, we did Christmas here at home and then we, get, we loaded up the car and we went to Alabama to see my parents and spend New Year's with them and we did Christmas for New Year's. I haven't, you know, we did a dream series this past year. I haven't had a dream in probably months until I went to Alabama and I was at my mom's house 
And I, had, I dreamed every night. And I felt like the Lord's speaking through those dreams. And one, one of those nights, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was preaching this message to you. I pay attention to those. But as I was preaching, I heard Martin Luther King Jr.'s voice saying, I have a dream. I have a dream. I can't say it like him. I wish I could preach like him. He's got a quiver. I have a dream. I got a, you got to quiver it. I have a dream. I think about him and I think about that. Oh, it was more than words. Like if you've seen that, the video footage is like there, there they are on the, the, the Washington monuments down here and there it's like so many people and and it just rippled across that reflecting pool. Just more than words. There was something on that. There was a prophetic thing on that. That we haven't got over yet. I'm quoting him this morning. When somebody has a dream. And they believe in that dream. It affects more than the dreamer. The fruit ripples throughout eternity. I wonder what dream you've sidelined that the Lord wants to use to set people free, to change generations, but because of hurt, disappointment, or pain, you've shut it down. And I really feel like the Lord has sent me this morning to remind somebody here, it's time to dream again. It's time to get new dreams with the Lord. It's time to go back to some of the dreams that we laid to the side. Because they just got more and more inconvenient. More and more painful. So the question is, what God dreams have you left behind due to challenge? Due to hardship or due to pain? And then the more important question is this. What's your first step today? To get back on the pursuit of that God dream. Maybe you need the reminder that God really does want to dream with you. Right? Not every dream I have is a God dream. There's some things I've wanted real bad in my life that God didn't want me to have. You got you to flesh that out with the Lord and with community. But don't let a dream die that the Lord's put there for any reason. I think about the fear. I think about the hardship. I think about the mistakes that I've made. I think about the last six years. And before that, before the dwelling was a thing, I've had a lot of reasons to quit. A ton of reasons. Before it even got started. But somebody would come along and say, God's called you to this. God's with you. And people came alongside and said, 
We're going to link arms with you. You're not doing this alone. And this is, listen, this is not a personal, this is not like tooting Gunner's horn right now. This is, if you just trust God and pursue a dream with him, he will provide everything you need to see it come to pass. Don't let pain, disappointment, or hurt derail that because the fruit, the stories, the marriages that are going to be restored because of your obedience, the people's lives are going to be changed because of your obedience. It matters. It matters. So if you're hurting this morning, keep going. If you've heard his voice, don't let the enemy's voice drown out what he's told you. You're thinking, I hope. That's why you're quiet. And then I want to close with this. There's some of you here, probably, if I had to guess, first Sunday of the year, and you're here because you need to get back in church. That's what you said, right? I need to, we need to get back in church. I want to start my year off with God. And maybe you're not real sure how to do that. Maybe you don't even know how you and God stand. You don't know how he feels about you, you know. Last year wasn't so hot. <laughs> so you're like, oh, is he mad at me? I'm doing my best. I showed up to church today. How many points I get, you know. It's not about the points. It's like whose line is it anyway? Drew Carey. The points don't matter. Religion says do. The gospel says it's done. What Jesus did on the cross was more than you could ever do for yourself. He took every ounce of sin, every mistake, every sin, every rebellion, every act of obedience on himself, and he paid for every bit of it. And all you have to do is receive the free gift. And some of us who've received that free gift need to be reminded that we've declared bankruptcy. The poor in spirit receive the kingdom. And that this is still a gift that we're receiving. It's not about uh, what we're doing as much as it is what he's already done for us. So if you're wondering how to start your year off with the Lord, just give him your heart. Just surrender your life to him. You can't change yourself when it comes to sin and righteousness. You need him. And I, and I, I wrote this in my notes. I feel like this is really important for somebody. Jesus said, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. There's no rest like Jesus. Can we stand and bow our heads together? <clears throat> Recap. How do you prepare for change? You search your soul. You forget the past and you focus forward. Expand your horizons. Dare to dream again. What has the Lord told you today? And how will you be obedient? Just have a conversation with him right now about that. 
What has he said to you? What's your step? And the goal is for you to personally answer that question right now. What has he said to you this morning? And what's your step that you're supposed to take? Thank you, Lord, for speaking. And thank you for the grace that comes when we say yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. If you want to give your heart to the Lord, the Bible says, repent, be baptized. Baptism's coming up soon. So if that's on your heart, if you need to do that, come talk to me, okay? Love you guys. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, visit thedwellingchurch.org.